We're live. Hello, everybody. Woo! Woo! Monday, December 19th, 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Pacific. Galley, thank you so much, man. So good to have yeah, you. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Of course, my pleasure. Make sure you can hear us okay. Make sure you can see us okay out in the internet, in the comments section. Um, yeah, man, just so much going on in the in the uh, world of Tesla and the world of Elon. Just yesterday, we can talk about the whole Twitter poll thing. <laughs> we can talk about so much. Um, but last time I spoke to you, Gally, you were, um, it was a few months ago. I can't remember exactly when. It must have been like at least, uh, when did you start going on sabbatical? What was it like three months ago, something like that? Maybe like six months ago. It was longer than that. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Um, and that was the last time I talked to you. And it, it was kind of interesting because at that time, you know, you were you were starting to go on that journey of of sort of starting to go on that sabbatical and, you know, do whatever you, you needed to do. So I'm really curious to see how that how that's been for you. You've sort of reengaged again to the community a little bit, which I've loved to see. So many people look to you as somebody like a like a voice that understands Tesla very deeply and somebody that they look to for uh, just great content. How was that sabbatical so far? Tell me about it a little bit. Tell the tell the public a little bit about it. Yeah, I mean, it's I feel first of all, I feel like I miss the whole Tesla community and it makes me kind of bummed when people are like, Gally, we miss your videos. And I feel like super bummed about that but um no it's been super fun just like not like it's a grind making videos by yourself every day like you're in your like you know you're in your studio you're solo i did that for years um and yeah i just had kind of was like okay i feel like i'm done tesla stock went up enough and like <laughs> it's time to like travel and think about what i want to do with my life so i've just been like traveling and i did also start um my venture capital firm so i feel like even though mm. i was like sabbatical started a whole new company but that's kind of not it's not really as public, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, things have been good. And honestly, I feel like getting out of the like minutia and following Tesla every day has kind of like, I don't know, it helps me look at it from a more long term perspective, I think. Um, okay. And yeah, it's been interesting to see to watch the Tesla community sort of develop from like very kind of like niche small to like really big and mainstream and like all these voices and like all this tension and then like elon has become such a bigger than life figure it's crazy that like us following tesla has kind of at the same time catapult like you know what i mean and then i tweet like i think elon's getting too political like i woke up in my bed and tweeted that like i was just like <laughs> kind of like groggy in the morning like by myself like waiting for my friend to pick me up and then next thing i know elon replies and it's like oh my god like u.s politics is happening <laughs> like you know it's like whoa <laughs> like <laughs> good morning <laughs> good morning and i'm like wow i love the future we're in like yeah man that's that must have been uh yeah because that's the what's interesting is once once you've sort of went in, on that sabbatical i i did the opposite i went freaking hardcore into the community when i you know when i was on that sort of like six month period after leaving tesla of you know i'm, I'm so lucky i'm so fortunate like i i you know spent time with the wife travel and all that stuff and then it was right around that time where like man i feel like this I really enjoy being being part of this community so much. I love feeling like I'm bringing something, even if it's very small to the table. I feel like that's that's very rewarding for me. But what's been very interesting is like I left. So I left the company in September of last year. And then that was basically the start around that time of the bear market. And so the whole time that I've been doing my channel, it's just the stock's been tanking. And I'm like, I put out a poll. I'm like, should I shut down the freaking channel to reverse the trend? And then everybody's like, yeah, sure, do it. <laughs> so it's my fault, guys. I'm really sorry. But it's just, um, 
it's been fascinating being plugged in to the community during this time because there has been there's so many more voices like you said so much more of a dynamic and what i'm noticing is that the community has never been more divided on a lot of things you know i think i think everyone's still on the same like long-term train but folks are they're throwing in their hat which they have every right to do of, of how it should develop over time what you know having been plugged in uh, plugged out i guess for six months and sort of starting to come back in a little bit uh sort of at, at the time that you that you choose what do you think about that dynamic what do you, what do you think has happened well i don't i can't say if this is related for sure but in the arc of tesla the biggest thing i noticed was the the tesla bot because that was something that really took me by surprise and i think if you thought about the core mission of tesla to do electric cars solar panels like a very clear like we're all focused on renewable energy technology mission that we were all rallied around. And then all of a sudden it became like, well, now we're actually going to do robots. And that's like the way we're going to make even more money than all of that. So then all the shareholders get excited about that. And I think that is a very different mission from what the community started around. And I feel like that almost was the start of Tesla getting political and sort of this fraying of the community which sort of like I feel like simultaneously happened at the same time of the Tesla bot. And then so you have the Tesla bot, which is where it's like, wow, like, you know, technology is coming some weird places. It's like the world is like we're in crazy political times. And I feel like it's become Tesla's gone from like this focus on the clean energy mission to more and more like now robots and that whole question with humanity than AI. Um, and now even more than that with Twitter, like the whole Internet and free speech. And so and by nature, because it's Elon, Tesla's gotten wrapped into that. So I feel like from the start of the Tesla bot, we sort of have had Tesla's always been a little polit political, but it's gotten sort of much bigger and a much bigger discussion than what it was. Interesting. Do you think um, sort of Elon going on the Twitter sort of direction, like put in the offer in April of, of this year? Uh, like the first week. So it's been, God, like seven months of this. I mean, he, he finalized the purchase in October, but it was it was known that at, at around that time he wanted to take it on. Do you think that has also that also has added fuel to that fire where there is just a bigger opportunity to maybe either on purpose or by accident create the vision? How do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, the Twitter thing has gotten crazy. And I feel like that has caused a lot of division. And, and it's also like I try and kind of separate so much of like the met I, I was trying to think about before I came on this of like how to describe it. But it's like what's happening in the metaverse versus what's happening IRL with Tesla. It's like whatever's in the metaverse, I don't care about like, OK, like Elon tweeted this. You said that this article came out about this. Like it's all and like we should do a share buyback or like now we're getting mad about this. It's just like all of this noise that has nothing to do with like what's happening at Fremont. Like, is there another big machine that's going to allow us to make more cars? How many people are ordering cars? Are we going to build the semi? Like, in the real world stuff is all I care about. And I think all we should focus on if you're an investor. And I feel like so much of the conversation has moved to this metaverse noise, which has no relation to the day-to-day -day operations of Tesla. And so I think that's a big growing disconnect where like, um, you know, who like the Elon, the stuff to me, the biggest thing is the stock price decline is I think, oh, frankly, a lot of it is like Tesla stock goes up and it looks really easy on the way up. Like, like we're said, like I'm making YouTube videos for five years. The stock's not going up. Finally goes up. Like I've been pouring every dollar and cent I have when the stock is down into Tesla from my YouTube earnings, all my money. And like 
you know, and the stock goes way up. And I feel like that was such a hard, difficult bet to make. And then when it's obvious and the stock starts going up and they start making a bunch of money, everyone forgets about the valuation. Nobody's doing the math. It's super easy to hop in. Everybody looks like a genius who's associated with Tesla, even if they didn't even put in all their money early and make a bunch of money. Like that's kind of one of my litmus tests. It's like, you know, um, it's like, are you really going to comment on like, I think some people have motivations to comment on Tesla stock because they enjoy it. They want to be a part of the community. They're passionate about it. Like, that's what I see from you. But I think other people like we're just in this to make money and then they didn't do their homework. And the second the stock falls down, they're kind of amateur investors and freak out and start blaming people when it's like it's a macroeconomic situation. Tesla's a high beta stock. A stock was up 30 X and now it gets cut in half. It's still up 15 X. Like that's a very normal thing. That's not, mm. let's grow the management. That's not, let's get Elon out. He's being ridiculous. That's not, um, you know, it's all like if Twitter didn't happen, I think Tesla stock would probably be trading in the same place, maybe a little bit higher, but probably about the same place. Look at Amazon. Jeff Bezos didn't buy Twitter. Their stock's down this, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, every stock's getting hit. And so I think um, there's been kind of a very like overlap in amateur invest like because when retail investors started the reason why elon musk loved retail investors is they were better than wall street and had a bunch of good insight and was like holy shit like retail investors aren't these idiot amateurs they actually have good ideas and like this is a fascinating community to engage with but now i think the retail community of tesla has gone from these people who did a bunch of hard due diligence and like bet on the stock and did the fundamentals to like fomo investors who don't know what they're doing and now the conversation on Twitter and the conversation of Tesla retail investors has eroded in quality massively. And I think you have all these people like kind of pretending things are important, like the buyback when it just is so unimportant to what's actually happening at Tesla. It's a $600 billion company. Even if we do buy back 20 billion of stock, it's barely going to, you're barely going to notice who gives a shit. You know what I mean? And yet that's what pe the hill people are going to die on. And I just think that's kind of like, we've just lost a lot of focus on like the IRL Tesla um and i think that's what real investors are are caring about they're just not on twitter so i don't know how to really sum that up other than i feel like the most cutting edge fascinating tesla analysis and research and like insight and just conversations used to all be happening on twitter and now i feel like they're not um and now the conversations happening on twitter are kind of useless and like shouting matches and that's why it feels kind of like this divisive energy but that's kind of why i pulled out of it i'm like i just don't care like you know, it's, but anyway, and there's a lot to dive into there too. Cause the whole Twitter yeah. thing is getting so messy that it's like, okay, like maybe it is getting so messy to where like Elon is caught. I don't know. So there's lots yeah. of layers to it. Um, yeah. Let me, uh, let me sort of get you um, where I'm at in my head. So I really appreciate you being sort of upfront and honest about that. Of course. Um, the way I view it, what, what I find really interesting is that say starting in, 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 you know, I started investing in 2012. I know you started investing early as well. And there was a, sort of a time period between then and say this recent run up where um, I think what was super unique about Tesla and Elon was exactly what you described, where there was this very, uh, very warm hug around the retail investor that, that I think Elon really did a great job with, you know, hey, I really appreciate you guys. I love the fact that you're on this on, on board with us. You guys yeah. know way more than the than the than the say the institutional investing community, like Wall Street analysts. Podcast. To me, that exactly was that yeah. moment of Elon being like, yeah. "Wait, these are like the six people on Twitter tweeting shit. Let me like lean in." You know, for sure, right, for sure. No, no, you're completely fine. Uh, jump in whenever you want. Uh, what I find interesting though is like around that time. Uh, the company was in, and uh, it was not as financially stable, not nowhere even close <laughs> to where it is now, right? So it was still in in a hardcore 
a growth phase, but with no real, uh, it wasn't really profitable at that time. And I think the company and Elon did such a good job of, again, giving that hug around around that retail investing community. But what's what's different now is that now that the company has sort of reached a level where it's uh, it's very profitable, self, self-sustaining. I mean, you and I both make the argument very easily that they have by far the best fundamentals of any automaker, but then they're not even an auto company. They're really an AI battery company mishmashed together with God knows how much more potential, right? But then that, that level of, um, I guess... TLC, care, uh, empathy, understanding, try to bring the retail investor along, knowing that Tesla has, say, 40, 45% retail investing base uh, on, on the market. It's The tone is different, right? It's not, it's not as warm. It's not as fuzzy. It's just think long-term. It's fine. Just think long-term. It's fine. It's well, not like, hey, I got your back. I, I would love to hear I your opinion like on that. it's always been like that, though. Because back in 2017 okay. and 2018, Elon would be like, the stock's volatile. You can't deal with it. Sell. You know, so I feel like they've always been like that. And I think mm-hmm. if anything, it's justified. It's like, yeah, the stock has been the best performing stock. Like since Tesla IPO'd, the track record of Elon Musk is like insane. It's like it's went from like, you know, a $2 billion company to like $600 billion. It's like outperformed everyone. Everybody who invested for the long run made so much money more than they would have in any other. Like, yeah, there's a couple investments that would have done better. But like the scope and the amount of tens of hundreds of billions of wealth that got created with tesla is like mind-boggling and so i think that's where tesla it's like if you're gonna yell at them when the stock goes down a little bit without giving them credit for this whole thing like yeah i think Tesla. that's when tesla should be like okay the retail investors are like a little too emotional they're a little too just like the second the stock's down we're angry and everything's bad that's the exact like opposite of the composure of like who you need at the director level of a company so Mm -hmm. um I don't know. I just think it's honestly like I'm kind of I'm a little over it, too. It's just like stop whining like the stock's up huge. It's fairly valued. (laughs) Like if you lost money, like like learn like that's this isn't like a am yelling out bad energy out. It's like, no, reflect in. Why did I lose money? Why did I buy at the top? Why am I not buying more now if it's so cheap? You know, to me, that's the most ironic thing is everyone's yelling at Tesla to buy back stock because it's so cheap. It's the best deal ever. It's like, why don't you just buy back stock and put up your own money if it's such a good deal and you're going to make so much money and the stock's going to go up and like you're an Elon's an idiot and it's a no brainer to buy right now. Then why don't you buy? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like just you make money. Stop getting angry on Twitter about it. So it's like if you actually kind of follow this out, it's like, um, yeah. And so. I don't know. That's kind of why I kind of don't have much patience for it. It's like, I don't really care. Like people are losing money. Like I think the market is so fair and your opinion and emotion about it is just kind of irrelevant. And that's your opinion and your emotion about it. Like, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. like the numbers are the numbers and I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, How do you think, so where my head goes to is like, you know, Apple and Tesla have the same uh, level of invest uh, retail investor. I think Tesla, I checked this like two days ago and it could be like slightly outdated, but Tesla is, I think, 42%. Apple is like 41%, something like that. But as a percentage share of the retail investor is the same. Yet the, the amount of, uh, let's call this short term and medium term noise, because I really do believe it's noise. It's still like, I think there is some validity to it from a communication standpoint. We can talk about it uh, if you want, but um, there is. The same exact retail base, but one company is very up in arms right now, and the other one isn't. Why? Why do you think that is? I mean, I haven't ch- see the 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 whole premise that one company's up in arms and one isn't. I would challenge deeply because I think Tesla's okay. probably valued at a higher earnings multiple than Apple, 
and this whole this whole perception that they're in turmoil and that something wrong is happening is just i don't know where that's coming from like they're valued at 600 billion dollars i don't know um but i think also up in arms i mean sort of the noise like the folks like a lot of the retail investors like you said like the vision that that has appeared in the in the sort of community i guess it's kind of Elon is the only CEO who's engaging with his retail community, really. You know, like other companies mm. will do it. They'll use the say platform. But, I, you know, who's really on Twitter engaging and has built this community? Tesla and Elon. And it's so unique. And Apple, maybe numbers wise, has as many retail shareholders, but they're not as passionate. And there isn't that community of them. And there isn't like a feeling that if I band together, hell of my friends and start tweeting at Tim Cook about what Apple should do with their cash, like he's going to give a fuck. But yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, if you Elon, say fuck, it's okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay. But yeah, Elon actually might listen to you. So I think, like, in some ways, we're in this catch-22 of, like, Elon has listened, like, so much that now, like, everybody thinks they get to say their thing and that he's got to listen when it's like, nah, dude. Like, it's already just a privilege that he's listening and gives, like, any, like, he cares at all. But he's on Twitter. You know, he's still listening. He's on Twitter. So, um, yeah, and I think... Um, I, the, the, the most dangerous place I see this going, like I, as a, my personal money invest in the line of Tesla, like I was really frustrated when Elon got kicked out as chairman. Cause I really think the best companies are run by dictatorships. And it's just like, it's like when you're cooking dinner, like one, too many chefs in the kitchen, it's going to be bad. Like I'm, I, I don't know what to say. And I think test the one, the biggest worry I have, um, is that I think there's too many cooks in the kitchen. If like we listen to the retail investors and everyone's like, well, now we buy back stock and now we do this. And it's kind of like this crowd mentality is wishing us washing us around. I think that's a really bad way to like govern a company. And that makes me concerned. Like that when I come down to like boil down to what is actually happening with Tesla, like this retail investor movement could get out of control and start actually influencing the way the company works. That's going to make me want to sell my stock. I want Elon to run this as a dictatorship. The second we start putting all these people in charge who like, or just Twitter people that were loud. Like, and I know that's because ironic because I was on the board of Arkimoto and I was on 27 and got put on the board of a company and learned so much from that. And like, you know, um, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. What I learned from that is honestly, if you, if you actually want to like, it's so much better to like, if I was Ross Gerber, it's like, dude, it's so much better to just be on Twitter tweeting about the company than actually be on the board of directors. <laughs> Being on the board of directors sucks. You're not going to be able to tweet at all. You're going to have to go to hella meetings that are hella boring. Like you're going to chime in one minute in a, in a three hour meeting. Nobody's really going to listen to you or care. Like you're going to make way more of an impact if you just tweet and get a grassroots movement going and pressure the board. That's my strategy. Mm. That's why I learned. Mm. So, um, yeah. Do you think uh, Elon taking on Twitter has sort of um, hasn't helped the situation where there where there's sort of a perceived either real, you know, irreal or perceived sort of situation where you kind of, t- you know, slightly talked on where there might be a, a situation where there is. Uh, some hesitation around being comfortable with the current state of Tesla because of the different variables that are happening with Twitter. How do you think about that? Um, I guess I'm kind of confused on the question. Like, is Twitter going to make okay. it so Elon can't run Tesla? That's one of them. And then the fact that he is running Twitter, that it's adding sort of to the uncomfortable nature of why we are where we are. Like, how how do you think about that? Hmm. I mean, it definitely is. It's just kind of um, a pattern that I've seen play out a lot before. Like before it was the boring company before it, then it's Neuralink, then it's, 
he's doing SpaceX. Then it's, you know, he's smoking dope with Joe Rogan, so he's not running the company. <laughs> now it's he's doing Twitter, so he's not running the company. So, um, you know, uh, you kind of when you're investing in a company for the long term, you're getting into like a business relationship with the CEO. And that's kind of like and it's a long term thing. And you really got to understand who they are as a person. Um, and I think if you don't do that, then you might be caught off guard and not understand what's going to happen. It's like Elon's this crazy eccentric dude. He's running dozens of companies. You can read Tesla's SEC filings. They'll tell you he's not spending full time at Tesla or, or whatever, not even SEC filings, but like their comment. Like Tesla's like, he doesn't spend all the time at Tesla. He's got a bunch of other moves he makes. That is the deal. And, um, you know, and I keep always come back to it's like I'm investing in the greatest entrepreneur in the world. He's a little ADD and crazy and eccentric and he's got too many ideas going around. It's going to be doing this. He's going to be doing that. He's going to he's but he's so good at what he does and he knows his duties and he's going to come back and do, does what he have to do at Tesla. He's going to do what he has to do at SpaceX. He's going to give it his all. He's going to figure it out. Um, and I think these kind of like Elon doing something dumb on Twitter, him promoting Dogecoin, him launching a new venture. That's kind of all stuff you sign up for. Not when you're a Tesla customer, like if you're a customer who cares about all that. But if you're an investor then like, yeah, like we get, you can't ask for the greatest CEO of all time and want all his strengths, but then say, well, his flaws is a person I don't want, you know? Mm. And it's kind of like, you get what you sign up for. So I think that's a big thing of Twitter. It's like, this is a maybe a hard lesson to learn if you're new to the Tesla investing world. Elon gets crazy and launches a new company. And for six months, the media hates him and everyone freaks out and Tesla stock is like, you know, the ugly duckling that happens. That's been happening. And it's and it's happening right now. And the move to do when this happens is to buy a shitload of Tesla stock for the long term and be like, oh, my God, like instead of everybody whining and me getting mad at the mo like mob mentality, I'm about to make hella money on this and be a savvy financial person. And like that's that's kind of what I've been doing through these times. And it's worked so well. And then I'm kind of like out of this cycle of like needing to make Tesla content or doing the Tesla rat race. I'm just like, I've just been doing what I'm doing. Like and I think a lot of people they are on margin. They're, they're buying calls on the stock. They're trying to get fancy with it. It's like, bro, just buy stock. Like, I don't know. That's I've been Warren Buffeting it, and it's been working so well. It's just like the stock's down. Everybody hates it. There's blood in the streets. You know that saying? The old men come out with their kings who are actually rich and run the world, and then that they buy up all the stocks when the media that they may or may not control because the Illuminati is saying everything's crumbling and Elon Musk the worst in the world. They're the same people buying it. That's what the Rothschilds been doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you want to get... Like, you, and so to me, it's like, uh, like I have been like, I wrote off Tesla. I was like, shit, I have a huge position in Tesla. It's rocketed to the moon. I like, I'm never going to be adding to my Tesla position. Cause it just doesn't like, I have too many other, I can buy SpaceX. I can invest in startups. I can invest in Coinbase stock. I think it's going to, it's priced for bankruptcy, but could survive and go up huge. Like my opportunity cost of my capital was way too high to buy Tesla at a trail when it's going to four trail. It's a 20% annualized return. Like, psh, I, you know, me, I think I'm getting 50% IRRs, 800%, 500% IRRs because I'm smart and I'm doing all this crazy stuff. But now I'm like, oh shit, Tesla at 500 bill, this might be a 40% IRR to four trail. So all of a sudden me who like wrote off Tesla was like the market's giving them too much leeway. The market's pricing in six years of earnings ahead of time. This is ridiculous. Everybody gets it. It's, it's contrarian to say Tesla will not be the biggest company in the world at that point. You know what I mean? So you want to, you've always got to be contrarian. So now when everyone's hating on Tesla, Elon's the worst CEO. I don't think it's going to happen. Price earnings, multiple compressing. All of a sudden I see such a discount. People are mad at me in my video because my price targets are too low, but it's like that. I want to caveat that by being like, I feel like I can invest so well in other places that to me, a 20 to 25% return on Tesla. It's big and slow and boring at a trail is boring. 
But now if it's half a trill and it's 40%, I'm getting ready to be like, ooh, I'm going to get greedy. Like I'm going to figure mm. out how to like unlock cash from different parts of my portfolio and start moving it into Tesla. And that's where my gut is. So that's kind of like deep down as a long-term Tesla master makes me excited again. Like finally I'm hungry again. I feel like Warren Buffett on his paper out saving up change because I know this stock is pennies on the dollar. It's about to be huge. <laughs> and that's how I'm about to blow up and make so much money. And I get that like kind of high from that contradicting like contradictory snowball investing and i think that's so like so i i kind of wish that if more people who bought hyperchange like had that mentality and it's like damn like i've been waiting four years to get greedy on tesla stock because it hasn't been cheap i last time i bought tesla stock and i went crazy was the cyber truck unveil right after that the stock got hammered and every single person thought it was a flop. And I'm coming home from the Cybertruck event. Like, this is the dopest party ever. Every Everyone I know, even my friends who don't like Tesla ordered one. They got $20 billion in pre-orders. And everyone thinks this is a flop. Oh, my God. I am putting every dollar I have into Tesla. I'm going so hard. I'm taking out loans. I'm, like, about to, like, borrow money from my sister to pay taxes so I can put another 5Gs in right now. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm so excited. Not that financial I'm advice. <laughs> yeah, not financial, not financial advice. But anyway, that's the end of my rant. The point being is I feel like it's exciting if you're a long-term investor to be able to swing the bat again at Tesla when it's in the like, you know, the sentiment shifted. Yeah. No, I, I love the take there because I, you know, the the fact is so I was in a space today and uh with like the wolf people on twitter i forget what their actual full name is but they host like daily spaces and it was uh whole mars was there gordon johnson was there it was like a bear and bold debate for tesla and the title was tesla to 50 dollars, which i you know that's how they bring people in so props to them clickbait but it's very uh it was a very interesting sort of thing to listen to because a lot of the same and again, not investing advice. I'm just, this is just me thinking out loud and, and people can sort of do their own diligence. A lot of the same type of doubts, a lot of the same type of, you know, hey, like they've overstretched their welcome. They can't continue to grow. There is too much competition. Uh, the recession is going to kill them. Uh, they don't really have anything special. 10 years later, it's the same exact talking points from the other side, <laughs> which to me is a signal that says, Okay, guys, like, what is what are what are, are we actually doing research? <laughs> what are we doing here? So it's and it feels like we're back to that sort of uh, square one around 2014, 2015, the way I'm, I'm perceiving it, where you had the model three that was about to ramp. And then uh, a lot of folks had a lot of doubt that this was going to continue onwards. It seems like that is repeating again in time with Cybertruck with a cheaper car. But then now Tesla is in a situation where they're not just profitable, they're the most profitable car company in the world and they have no debt basically, right? And they have 21 billion in cash, probably 23, 24 billion in cash this quarter. And the story very obviously is going to continue. But then the question becomes, what? how does this market want to price Tesla in a say, recessionary environment? It becomes a PE crunch. It becomes a what what is the market looking for? And if you start removing some of the like short term to medium term uh, overhangs, noise, whatever you want to call it, that could be impacting Tesla, like uh, you know Elon saying, "Hey, I'm going to step down as as head of CEO of uh, or head of Twitter," which I don't even know what that means because the dude still owns the company. Yeah, he's you know still going to run still, it. Like, working there all night. Like if you exactly, you know, like, <laughs> he's yeah. what to do. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like it's a it's a dog and pony show, which is obvious, and that's how that's how Elon I think does such a great job is that he's very he's great at. Um, getting the public 
to uh, sort of shift opinion from time to time through some of these actions. Now, of course, he's being sincere, but I think he sees an opportunity to say, hey, publicly, I'm, I'm going to step down. But the behind the scenes, he's still going to be running shit. And he might put somebody up that's a public figure, right? So that's one variable that's going to get yanked here in the very Hard short move. term. You know, I, I, I agree. And then there is also the IRA, the uh, invest, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act that's kicking in the U.S. in January, you know, so on and so forth. You have all these world governments uh, hopping on with incentives, um, you know, two million production capacity, largest margins. So in the case of uh, you need to push more units, you can diminish price. So there's and all these variables starting to rise up. And we're just talking about next year. And so for me, the 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 stock price, you know, I've I've put videos together on my channel where I'm trying to like go 10, 15 years into the future. My biggest lesson from this whole experience is like uh, the market don't give a shit. <laughs> the market don't give a shit what your short term or medium uh, term expectations are. You're probably going to be wrong, but it always comes back to fundamentals. And it sounds like you're still just as confident about the fundamentals of the company uh, as you have been this whole time. And um I don't know if you have any other thoughts around that because yeah. like that's that's where my head keeps going back to is like the fundamentals seem phenomenal. Well, and what are fundamentals of finance? And I think this is an amazing thing because we all talk about Elon and what wisdom we can get from him. And like, he's a great leader. First principles of physics is how he does engineering. Like I try and think about the first principles of finance when I'm investing. Like, okay, like we got to think, like when you buy a stock, you got to pretend like you're buying the whole company. So I'm buying 500 billion for something that's making 15 billion in profit a year right now. Let's, let's assume it grows to like 25 billion and it's a $500 billion company. It's still, if I put in 500 billion to a thing that's making 25 billion a year, let's crunch the math here. That's 20 years before it makes $500 billion to pay me back. So the, I think when you think about the stock market, the price earnings ratio, the average equity trades at 50, it, the market assumes that you will be making that same amount in perpetuity for 15 years. And that like, so, so to me, when I look at Tesla, and I that my own phrase that I that I use is called years to payback, which is how many years will it take to pay back the company's market cap in earnings? And if like this is such a like because it kind of it'll adjust for hyper growth. So anyway, that's a whole formula that I think of. But when Tesla's at 30 bill that I went all in, I'm like, this is really easy to for them to make 30 billion. I to be honest, now they're making 15, 25 bill a year. They're almost at that 30 bill a year point. So if it's like, you're right, it's like, damn, if I they can make what they're making a year now, like, like if they can make their market cap in a year in profit, I'm going to make so much money on the stock. So you got to think like that. So mm -hmm. Tesla's at 500 billion, 500 billion is a shit like, okay, so we want it to go to 10 trillion, 20 P ratio, 500 billion. So 500 billion is so much profit. That's literally like making a, that's like 80% of the miles traveled by humans will be in a Tesla. You're assuming, you know, or you kind of got to really work these. So when I think about Tesla at 500 billion, like there's so much priced in and it's going to take them so many years. The years to payback ratio is a lot, you know, maybe it's seven to 10, depending on how fast they scale. I don't know, but, um, that's just kind of a first principles way I look at valuation and stuff. And it's like, okay, like what really is going to like, when is the real rational, like first principles law of Tesla stock going down? If Tesla stocks at a hundred billion, but you know, 80 billion of that's locked long locked up in shares and Elon and people holding and only 20 billion is the free flow. Now a $10 billion buyback because we may have 10 billion excess profits is going to move the needle that will literally support the stock and we will buy it back and it will be fundamentally cheap. Fifteen billion in cash flow is not enough to sustain five hundred. So, like, if you if if you kind of assume the market implodes and we have literally no faith in Tesla, and all we have to support the stock is our own cash earnings, 
like the cash we actually make. So um, I don't know. These are the kind of like doomsday ways that I think about it. But um, that's why when I think people get so like they they'll say these big valuations with Tesla, um, like they're inevitable of 10 trillion without thinking through how many cars that builds, without thinking through that every single neighbor who now hates Tesla has to be in a Tesla every single day for four hours a day, according to your theory, if we're going to be right. And that's going to be really hard and a lot could go wrong to get there. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of like the whole trade-off. And now Tesla stock going down has said the percentage chance of that world domination or how big that world domination is goes down. And um, then the whole question is, how, where do you think that it's a, where are you going to put your money? Because the bets like make sense of like, okay, well, Tesla's price is going to take over 5% of the future. I think they're going to get 25% of the future. So I'm going all in. But if their price get 50% of the future and they get 45, you're going to lose all your money still. So um, I don't know. I think we're like, yeah, I think it's, I, I got off, I got off track. I'm rambling, but no, you're good. No, no, no. I, I no, you, you were, you were right on. I see so you're kind of walking us through how you're thinking about the long-term fundamentals. It does sound like a, a lot of it. So like, how, how do you think about energy? How do you think about full self-driving? How do you think about the bot? How do you think about solar? Um, yeah. all these other variables. Well, See, this is the other tricky part where I think Tesla seems diversified and they're a series of startups, but they're like they're like Apple. All their money comes from one product, which is the Model 3 and Y, essentially. Like that is like all of their money. And like energy, as much as I'm so hyped on the energy mission and like love that, it's just like gonna take them 30 years to build an energy business that's worth a couple hundred billion dollars at this rate, you know? So you need the problem is when you're this big, you to add another 500 billion in market cap's hard. Before when we got 30 billion, it's like, okay, Cybertruck's 30 billion, you know, the Tesla semi is 50 billion. But now it's like we add that up and it's like, wait, like, so t- for us to get, I think it's kind of, it's kind of like a bummer that Tesla has so many of these little cool businesses like the semi or energy, and they may barely ever even impact the company because it's so big financially, um, which is kind of lame. But I think that's why the Tesla bot is so big. I think like the car thing. I kind of think the market's giving us a lot of credit. We're the world's biggest car company. We're 600 billion. The market's telling us we're going to make a car business that's going to be, you know, we're selling 4 million cars a year. We're selling a million point two now. The market's like, yeah, you're going to sell 4 million cars a year, like make a ton of profit on each car. Like that's a big. So I actually think the auto business doesn't have that much upside. Maybe it takes us to a $1 trillion, $2 trillion company. But I feel like that's not enough to really be excited. I think if you really want that $10 trillion, that kind of crazy Tesla becomes really by far the biggest company in the world vision, it comes down to the bot. And it comes down to that being a much bigger opportunity, um, to that being a much bigger opportunity for like human evolution and society as well. Um, but I think a lot of what happens if you really want big upside on the stock is like the bot really crushing it? Mm-hmm. I may be FSD, but got it. Yeah, and so the got it. So that helps you uh, sort of conceptualize how you're thinking about the company. So the car business, uh, really call it in the next. I don't know. And tell me if I'm wrong if I'm thinking about this incorrectly. I say five to I don't know eight years, but say by the end of the decade, uh, really the if people are thinking about it from a valuation perspective of the stock, you might be at. For like three x max, maybe even less, two to three x, something like that. But then for it to really get to where it excites you as an investor, which is ten x, twenty x, fifty x, you really have to get into these uh, these. I wouldn't call them aspirational, but these, I guess, uh, businesses that uh, Tesla has created around um, products that don't exist today, like full self driving cars and yeah. bots. 
to really take you to the next level. And this could take uh, years, if not decades, past that automobile business being built. Um, is that did I sort of summarize that correctly? Yep. Exactly. Okay. But I also think you get like a nice kind of boring, like, like, you know, we go from 500 billion, we're making 15 billion in earnings. I see us scaling to like 2 trillion market cap with a, on 100 billion in earnings from car business. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, and like, that'll be a good return. So it won't be like the stock's going flat if they never do the bot. It's just like the stock will go up slowly, but that's not going to be like, and I still think it'd be much better investment than the S&P 500, like just like really crushing like every semi trucks Tesla, like all these electric vans are Tesla, you know, it's the robo taxis Tesla, like we could be making a couple hundreds of billion in, in profit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But then it's like, once again, you kind of, I, I think of it in some ways, like the US dollar, like the US dollar is so trusted and it's so, we all assume that it's going to inevitably be the future. And in some ways that makes it the riskiest thing for the future, because like everyone's hope is that will automatically be the future. And I just feel like if, if you're, you're betting on a scenario, well, everybody drives a Tesla and Tesla is the only thing they're the biggest company in the world. Like that's so much expectation and so much pressure. And there's so many scenarios at which Tesla is not the biggest company in the world, or they don't get every single sale. There's so many different scenarios that people aren't pricing in. So you want them to be pricing in more of these shitty scenarios, because if everybody's pricing in the best scenario ever, like there's no contrarianism, there's no upside. And I think that's kind of, that was the, that was the trillion dollar moment. Um, or the trillion dollar valuation moment. Got it. So I think so. So then it sounds like the you believe that a lot of the folks that are out there sort of pricing Tesla and analysts and whoever they are, they're still baking in a lot of a uh, a lot of a uh, like ex perfect execution into the future, even at these levels for it to there isn't really much upside from here as long as they keep executing from the auto business there could be like a, like you said like a 2x or a 3x in the long term but it's not that 20 30x opportunity over the long term okay um got it no that that really helps me sort of and if i said anything incorrect there let me know but that's that's it sounds yeah, like that's i think it's that's right i mean it's all guessing okay. right we're all i'm all just of guessing course. <laughs> um, and i will say tesla's proven me wrong with how much money i thought they could make like they're making mm -hmm. a insane amount of money for how many cars like if they keep being like you know changing that paradigm of software margins then um yeah yeah okay how do you think about the latest uh poll that came out yesterday from elon saying that he's looking to step down from twitter like how how do you view that whole thing or what, what are you what are you thinking about oh man the twitter thing is going crazy um i mean i will say I think it has so much potential. I think they could totally mess it up. He could be he could mess it up or he could not. Um, I don't know. I'm so <laughs> and I've had a lot of very intense conversations with like Tesla people, um, you know, behind the scenes who are my friends who've been in Tesla stock forever. And, you know, um, people know him. <laughs> and I'm and I always we have these intense comments like, is Elon flipping the press? And is that proving his point and is that you know a genius move so it this i told you so moment for the press on free speech is that a genius move that was worth it did the public even get that nuance that the press flip-flopped on 180 i don't think so so was it worth it does he have this master plan does he know what he's doing um is he too levered on i think the way he's levered on tesla stock is like not ideal you know he basically has like a loan against his massive tesla stock position and that's debt it's on margin and then he's 
you know, uses that money to buy Twitter, which also has debt. So he needs where Elon Musk loves to put his back against the wall. So he needs Twitter to succeed. Um, otherwise, if Twitter doesn't succeed, it's going to become a money pit. He might have to sell more Tesla or they'll just have to make the company go bankrupt immediately, which would make him look super bad. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of curious what your take is on it all. Like, I think it's a I never would have seen this coming. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe we should just yeah. talk about it because. I'm, sure. I'm really yeah. curious what you think. Yeah, I mean, the way I view the whole Twitter acquisition is, I think, so if there's one thing, you, I mean, you've spoken to Elon in person. You you know him better as, as a human being than I do. I, the only thing I see is like the outsider view. I've been following him for 10 years. I worked at the company. So like, I, I understand the cultural impact of his company and I see it from a business perspective, sort of how he thinks. I, I view Elon first and foremost as an entrepreneur who knows how to make a lot of money. That's how that's how I view him. Like that's that's the you know PayPal, X.com, all, all the every, every business he's ever made. The one he sold to Compaq, uh, whatever the hell that thing was called, Zip Two, um, Zip2, uh, SpaceX uh, with Starlink. You got uh, Tesla, obviously. So there's these ventures that have proven out to be great business decisions, and ultimately that's what I see in Twitter. Is that uh, even though the short term it might be a, a thing where um, it's chaotic and super uncomfortable. <laughs> it's par for the course for seeing an opportunity. And I think the opportunity he's seeing is that the the world is kind of fucked. It's, it, I mean, there's a lot of division. There is a, there's not a trusted place for people to get information. There isn't a place for all of us to come together and have nuanced conversations. Uh, so a, a lot of uh, media companies... Like, like, for example, YouTube doesn't have a competitor. Uh, there's all these different places in media that, that seem to be just very monopolistic. Uh, and I think Twitter, he's viewing as an opportunity. You know, he's talked about the Everything app, which is not a secret. Uh, there is a way to bring everything together and sort of make it work. And so what I think he saw is like, okay, I have 250 million users. Uh, I have an extremely bloated company. And there is a lot of uh, opportunity to actually create a place, not just to disrupt media and to become a, a trusted place for news and conversation or whatever, but someplace where it could turn into a huge business opportunity. If I'm able to cut down the operations of the company the same way I did Tesla and SpaceX created, make it as lean as possible, fundamentally, what do I own? I own server space and I own the place where people come to work in person. That's it. The rest is software, and it's just very, very, very lean. So I think that's how he's thinking about Twitter. And so all it really takes, and again, I am not a software engineer. I'm a moron when it comes to this. But if I'm using, call it first principles to get here, what, what he needs to create is a product that attracts more people to come there to view the content and for ads to for ad folks to go there and to actually uh, uh, serve ads to people so the company starts generating money. And that's about it. And then it becomes a self-sustaining company. Um, that's that's how I view it. And I think and I think the way he operates as a human too, I do think he wants... I think there's a level of wanting better for humanity. And he's definitely shown that with SpaceX and Tesla. But he also knows how to, how to make a lot of money. And so that's what I see in Twitter. What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Huge potential to make money um, for sure. And I think he sees that. But I almost think... To me, that's not, I don't think that's how Elon's thinking about it. I think of this as like so related with like Neuralink and what's happening of like 
the idea that we're these biological beings in the world and there's this metaverse where like the internet where we all log in and can share ideas and can essentially communicate. So it's a disruption yeah. of what human communication is. And that fabric of connecting reality to the internet, that software is so important for the future of humanity and communication and frictionless idea exchange. And Twitter, you know, whether it's YouTube, whether it's um, Zoom, or there's so many different like websites or apps that we use to be this way that we all get into the metaverse and connect. And I think his idea of Twitter being that place of like the hive mind, the singularity, like everything that's happening, humanity is there, all the ideas, all the exchange, all the progress, like it's it's like these dinners that people used to have in like ancient Greece or something where they get a bunch of wine, they get around a table and they're like, let's talk about how we're going to change society and like what the hell the future is going to be. And like, should we set up this thing called the Olympics or whatever? I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there's like and and now Twitter is that. And it's not I'll just like shout out for your it. sweater, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but i don't know so twitter to me is like so like and like i've seen you make some tweets about how it's undervalued at 44 billion like i think that's so true and it's like okay maybe based on the financials and blah 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 but like strategically about the attention on this platform um and the potential for what turning that attention into you know a payment system and i think a lot about the blockchain and like this big problem of like my identity to like interact with these things in the metaverse is so much value there, whether it's an Ethereum wallet or something like Twitter that verifies who I am and gives me like the power to just tap into this amazing network. Um, anyway, so that's kind of at a high level. I see it in, I see it, it from my anthropological brain of where humanity's going. I see control like this is like Jeff Bezos buying the Washington Post, except Bezos and all these other billionaires are idiots because those press things are being disrupted. It's YouTube. <laughs> it's it's Instagram. It's Twitter. These are the new, you know, Wall Street Journal, New York Times of tomorrow. And so Elon Musk yeah. is saying, wow, this is an asset that has incredible like attention is the asset of humanity. If I want to market for my companies, if I want to change the perception to go to space, like there's a lot of risk to what I'm doing because it's on such a big scale. If I can't at least ensure there's a fair global conversation, I don't need to run the global conversation, yeah. brainwash everybody thinking Tesla's dope, but I, there's a good chance the mainstream media will just choke it and say Mars is dumb. We're getting more clicks if we say space is bad and the satellites are going to come crashing. So the truth isn't going to get out. So that's why when you say like, and we're all thinking about, damn, like where's Elon's head out on this? He's like, fuck, this is important. Like we need like humanity is like we're like these 80 we're like a dog with like 800 treats in front of us and we get on the Internet and we're just like about to go to this treat. And there wasn't a, a healthy treat that kind of like doesn't that that like focuses the conversation on the good and the progress as opposed to these dumb things. And so um, I think there's a lot that like it's it's maybe we've all kind of had to appreciate for a second that like social media is the new smoking. Our brains are like getting ruined by these addictive algorithmic social media systems that have blown up in the last 15 years sure. and now we need to be like whoa um you know and change that and this is a big big mission yeah dude and twitter like twitter i have i have not been able to put twitter down since he's bought the damn thing it sucks right? i'm like, trying <laughs> so hard i'm trying so hard and i literally can't and i'm going to my my wife's like can you get off the freaking i'm like i can't <laughs> it's so hard it's so hard and now and you know what like the hilarious thing is yeah, and like, uh, by the way, sh shout out to my wife, producer wife in the background, making the uh, the production, all that good stuff. Um, now she's on Twitter more, and I'm and I'm going to blow up her spot a little bit. I'm seeing like her tweet, <laughs> liking tweets and retweeting stuff. So like, what you're saying is a hundred percent. And I just heard her laugh from downstairs, so I know she she's a uh, she's listening to this very intently. <laughs> um, 
to to go along this line of thinking too, I think I really think the connecting being able to have a platform where you're just just connecting human beings together as we move into the future and more and more the economy becomes digital, especially through as uh, self-driving cars become the norm. So you just displaced a ton of drivers. As uh, a humanoid robot becomes the norm, we just displaced basically, I don't know, 50 to 80% of physical labor in a sense, outside of like artisanal, more niche stuff. You're really getting to the point where you're kind of running out of things to do from a physical perspective where a human is needed where you're running much, much more automated and robotics. And so what do you need in that space? You need a way for people to be able to communicate with each other and trade services somehow and money, right? That's what an economy is. It's a place for humans to exchange time for value. And so that's how I envision Twitter really long-term. I don't know, 15, 20 years down the road, where it's basically like human OS, right? It's a way for all of us to get together and in a world where a lot of it is, a lot of the physical stuff is automated and everybody has wallets on Twitter, we can be like, yo, I, I need this thing. Okay, cool. Boom. Here you go. And it just becomes this sort of it's the metaverse. It's the real metaverse. It's the real metaverse. It's it's I think what Twitter is going to be long term. Um and I wonder if if how much of that I wonder if Elon's thinking about this too. It's like, hey, I'm I'm gonna be a part of a of I I hate to use the word displacing, but he's gonna be say automating a lot of labor today from a physical standpoint in the bot and the self-driving car where maybe he has a moral obligation to maybe provide an alternate tool for humanity where they're able to exchange uh, value and services by utilizing this platform and making it as open and as democratic as, as humanly possible so you don't end up with the few owning most of the resources and labor. And I, that's kind of out there. But I'm wondering if that's also like long term how I was thinking about Twitter. I don't, I don't know if I, I'd love to hear your thoughts around that, but um, that's yeah. another variable too. Right. Like yeah. where do the chips fall if if we kind of fast forward and like we, we see this continuation of the disruption of work and um, I don't know, this big GPT chatbot thing. Like I feel like the first time ever, I never had this experience of like I would feel dumb or like into, or I would feel kind of like irrelevant. But I feel like for the first time ever, I sort of had that feeling of like, wow, like this shit is like knows more than me about anything and like Bro. is just so and it's right. <laughs> Let me give you a perfect example of this. I went yeah. I went on GPT three and I and I typed um, the prompt was uh, make a YouTube script in the style of Farzad Misbahi covering oh. the Tesla stocks <laughs> potential for 2023. And it gave me a whole script and I make a YouTube and I made a YouTube video on it. And I said, hey, this is AI made. And the comments are like, what the fuck? This is like better than most YouTubers out there covering the stock. I'm like, I know. It's wild. It's just an incredible. <laughs> how it's like the like, only bad thing about this is we had to look at you. We couldn't look at the AI too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. And it's like, how how is it disrupting? Like, this is the part that's so scary. Is like the disruption of jobs that humans think are too creative for humans is yeah. I don't think is the case. I think anything is disruptible. It's just a matter of what do people appreciate? And if you're thinking about it from a Pareto perspective, the 80-20 rule, AI is going to be able to bring so much value for the 80 and that's going to disrupt everything. Like if, if people just want the thing, 
You know, it, like if people don't really appreciate the nuance of the human, like the, the small stuff that, that the human can do, that's very like artistic in a way. AI can do the rest of it. I mean, Dolly, dude, I use Dolly for thumbnails, right? Like GPT-3, God knows I could use this thing for ideas for YouTube videos. And this is a very sort of creative space. And I'm not saying I'm good at it, but it is a creative space where you have to sit down and sort of be a little yeah. bit more artistic and, and think about it more but it's already being disrupted. So fast forward 10 to 20 years from now, it's going to be completely and utterly insane. And um, yeah. as that happens, you know, where does Twitter fall? Where does Twitter fall in that whole landscape? And it, is there a piece of Twitter that's, I don't know, supplement the ability for humans to actually have a place to feel like they can build things and make things either through content or exchange of services? You know, the fact that it's global, it's also very interesting because you could have people like from Africa and, and the United States working together on stuff and exchanging value right on the wallet, right on the on Twitter. I don't know, man. It's like it's wild. It's completely wild where we're going. Yeah. And this like you, you talking is making me think of like the long tail of, of access to like expertise, sort of like if I want to go see a doctor, but I'm not in a big city, then I probably have to see like a B a B tier doctor who's like going to give me a B tier diagnosis. Like, I don't know, just like there isn't like the expertise in my thing. But all of a sudden, AI means I could just ask the AI health bot and it's like the expertise in that medical field is all of a sudden distributed to somewhere that wouldn't have. I don't know if that makes sense, but I've been trying to like, like, I feel like the perfect like I always come back to like the cinnamon roll thing. It's like, well, if they can make a perfect cinnamon roll and they just figure that out once, then like every baker's screwed. And like that expertise it. of the cinnamon roll or the croissant gets distributed everywhere. And all of a sudden, everywhere in the world can have that like. And that's that's so amazing because if I lived in a food desert before with like the shittiest breakfast options ever, now I have like the dopest fresh croissant made for me every morning perfect for like five cents. And like, oh, my yeah. God, like now I'm enjoying my day better. Now I'm like, I'm going to have healthier food. And so I think in a lot of ways what you're saying, like, it's so interesting to me how I see AI sort of empowering the people that we all thought kind of got left behind by the first digital revolution and all these people who, for better or worse, maybe they're admitting it or not, thought they left everybody behind with their tech job behind the computer being like, I'm designing, you know, yeah. like, and then next thing you know, it's like the AI bots like design that and it's like 10 times better than anything you could do in one second. And it's like, so I've been thinking more and more. It's like if my shit's on a computer, it's screwed. I used to think like. I go to the bagel shop. I'm like the dude making my bagels. You know, I'm like sitting there, like these bots be disrupted. <laughs> Didn't even know that. Like, the Tesla bot. You know I mean? And then I get back to my computer. I'm like, I'm getting disrupted. Like it's making YouTube videos. It's writing books. It's writing tweets. It can do like ideas. Like this, it's yeah. not making bagels yet. So it disrupted me before the bagel guy. And I think that's yeah. clowning. And it made me realize, like, if you're doing shit on the computer, you are. You're, that's your Achilles heel. Like the more digital what you're doing, like coding, we thought that was the one to last get, get disrupted. That's how you're going to rule the world. Bam. If you are not like the creme de la creme, like Dude. just like best coder in the world, you are done. You are done. Yeah. All that studying. And then you think about it. You're like, wait, we, we trained humans. This how much waste of energy was to train humans on the same course over and over. We made a million of the same humans who just knew this one skill over and over again. And then it just got disrupted instantly. And they're all useless. And it was like coders that are the first useless ones, writers, uh, artists. And those are the things that we thought were going to be the hardest. So I, I'm with you. I'm like, that's crazy. It's very like, yeah, it's weird to, it's see, weird. It, to see it go down. So weird. And like another example I can use is one of my one of my protégés who's uh, one of my uh yeah, protégés that's still at, at, at Tesla. Like he, he, uh, he, we're on Discord. He like sends me messages from time to time checking in. And he's like, dude, I, I just, uh, asked uh i was struggling with some python code 
and I just went to GPT three and it just did it for me. So it's like, and then and then I had an existential crisis. Like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> Why don't I just use GPT three for everything? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's starting. It's starting, and I think there's a level of, um, I don't know. There's a lot of, it's, and it, and a lot of people are, especially in like world governments, they're like blind to it, and it's gonna be. I don't know, man. It's going to be so disruptive, dude. I'm, I'm almost like, I am. I used to be in the on the on the sort of camp of, you know, I do think, I, I thought that humans were going to have a really tough time through this, and I'm more and more getting warmed up to the idea that you know through things like, and again, Twitter right now is nothing that would be able to displace this, but over time, as you connect more and more people and you allow them to exchange value for services, like like just money for services or whatever, then you're maximizing the chances of people to have something to work on or do that they're passionate about to uh, fill their time or to feel like they're adding to the world, you know? And yeah. uh, I, just, I just hope that continues because if it doesn't, then it's like, okay, so the future doesn't seem um, um, too great. And Dave, thank you for the comment. We, we need to start having serious conversations about UBI. Sure, that's that's definitely part of the equation. But then part of me also says, what if you can get all products and services to be so damn cheap that it's not even needed? You know, if AI and robots, you know, like you use the Tesla model, you know, use Tesla self-driving as an example. The cost per mile to operate the robotax and one that thing is out, once that thing is out, it's gonna be by far the cheapest mode of transport on planet Earth, especially for the amount of room you get in that car. And so transportation is going to become extremely cheap to whereas basically anybody can use a car. So apply that uh, to absolutely everything. You ride down that cost curve and then more and more things become cheaper and cheaper. It just becomes how much more do humans want and how much more of those things that human want is going to be physical versus digital, you know? Um, and I could go on talking about this forever, but it's, it's, it's just, it's obviously where we're going. And I really enjoy how your brain's kind of, 20, 30 years into the future as well, kind of figuring out how this, and I don't even know how we got on this topic, but <laughs> I'm <enjoying Yeah>. it. <laughs> no, I'm me too. And I'm having, and, well, actually one of the things that made me think of too, is kind of like on some level, what brings human, like the threat of AI and how different and how like it humanizes mm. you in such an interesting way. I actually think we'll bond humans together. That's what I was thinking. Like you, you listen to a song and it's like, oh my God, like Lil Baby, he's my favorite rapper. Like he killed that song. You see him in person. It's like, oh my God, he's like a God. Like, you know, it's like this different thing, but it's like in the future, like maybe AI creates the song. And so we see the AI, but it's like, we know that's not us. And there's something beautiful about like, and, and then like, I kind of connect with another human of like, we're both like not the AI. I don't know if that makes it sense, but I feel like it's going to bring yeah. humans together because we'll all like see ourselves. And I think we'll like appreciate the uniqueness in ourselves a lot more because we all, what I realize is I'm just a weird ass Tesla bot. I am a Tesla bot. I have the hardware. I'm just not built to last very well. I'm a little faster than the Tesla bot. And I don't know, right now. but like, you know what I mean? Basically, <laughs> I'm just a Tesla bot that just like doesn't learn skills. new, new. Like I learned a lot of skills and I have a lot and I'm pretty good memory and I know stuff and I figured it out but like I'm not that good, but I have like weird quirks. And I feel like think about if you saw AI and it's like, oh, that AI, like why does it like Tesla stock and peppers and space and like weird clothes? And like, that's such a quirky <laughs> AI. You'd be like, that's so funny and like quirky and just like cool. And I feel like we're going to realize that that's what we are. And it'll kind yeah. of like, I don't know. So I kind of like it. I, yeah. 
in some ways, I think I used to think like Mars would really bring us together. But I also think this idea of AI will really bring us together, um, whether it's just being like, huh, we could have never figured that out. Huh, right. And then it's like, well, you just yeah. that laugh. <laughs> that's that's I, I love the way you thought about that, too, because it's like you're 100 percent right. If you look back in history, the things that unite people the most is when there's a con common quote unquote enemy or a common yeah. quote unquote thing that we have to overcome, whatever, if it's a subgroup of people or a country or a state or a freaking the world, we all come together to try to go towards that mission. But it has to feel existential. It has to be existential. And so AI being the, the giant displacer of work, uh, as long as it's perceived or really is that that giant displacer of work, then I could see that happening. Uh, and I hope that if that happens, we are able to reverse the trend because then one of my fears becomes um, the beauty of imperfection. That's uh, beautifully said, Drew Sol. Thank you for the super chat. Um, you know, that that sort of that that thing that could derail humanity and in, in that perspective could uh, I hope we have enough time to reverse it because if we're at that point where it's like about to hit us in the face. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, I hope we never get there. Right. But then you don't have that uniting force that could finally get us over the hump. So. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's what a crazy time that we're going towards. Um, let me, so where, cause we're talking about Twitter and then we got on this freaking incredible talk here. Uh, what, uh, who do you think is Twitter's new CEO? And do you think Elon's going to step down? How do you think about that? Uh, who knows what's going to, I feel like it's going to change tomorrow. It's probably already, there's a new, there's a new, there's a new lead candidate as we've been recording probably, but <laughs> um, I think Lex Friedman can do it. Um, we'll see if he can be more than a podcaster and he's an academic. I strongly believe that like people in academia, like when they go to try and run a company in the real world, like fail miserably. And so I, I think if anyone's going to buck that trend, it's Lex Friedman though, because he did it with his podcast, but I don't know. I think that's different than running a social media company. Jason Calacanis. I don't know. I think Elon, he's going to figure it out. We're in the, we're in the, we're in the trenches right now. We're in the, we're in the worst part of it. He bought it. The stress is high. They're losing money. They're, they, they got handed Twitter and then it's like this thing like, oh my God, this is an ugly bird with like 800 diseases and we got to put it in the ER and do like 800 <laughs> surgeries and we're going to pump his little heart and we're going to see, we got to save this thing. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, everyone out there is like spitting and throwing stuff at it while he's trying to save it. And it's like, and that's what's happening right now. But I think they're going to emerge. And I think, man, the, before all the drama, the opportunity, and this is why like, to me, oh my God, like the strategic, like, I like to think of shit, like kind of like a strategic wars general, like Sun Tzu. I don't know. Just like we're in this shit. You know what I mean? Like, China was crushing us with TikTok. They were the mind share they had of the US, like US was like to me, this the biggest blunder the US has made. If I was CEO of the US, is letting another country who's our enemy control our social media platform, which is essentially the attention and brains of our entire youth and our entire country, like wildfire. They don't let any of our social medias in China because they know how powerful this is and they're just strategic about it. We have too much of a bureaucracy to figure that shit out. And it's just a rule by committee, which is why I don't want Tesla to have this shit. That's what our government is. And we let TikTok just blow up and it's nobody's problems. Nobody deals with it. And it's so addictive. It's ruining our, and it's like, oh my God, the fact that we may finally have a chance to have innovation in our own social media sector to bring back the control of the attention of the American people back to a U.S. citizen's hand, back to a corporation that's governed by U.S. law, back to something that's here, back to something with our interests at heart is, should be like, you should, everybody should be fucking rooting for Elon just based on that. 
just based mm. on the fact that if you've been following the landscape of social media, the West has been in a dangerous place where we don't have control over our media and our press and our information systems anymore. And you think the financial press thinks it's bad to let fucking Elon have it. We're letting the CCP have it. So that to me is like the real what's about to happen. So if I'm actually like an American citizen, it's not even like, you know, China, the, the blah, blah, blah. Like I've been to China. I think China is an awesome country, like so many amazing people. They, but it's like governments are fucked up. You know, their government's doing their shit that they want to do. Our government's doing our shit that we're going to want to do. It's like kind of like a, always a war. We don't say it's a war, but it's like everyone's trying to expand their influence and scope and, you know, whatever. And so China's doing that with TikTok. I'd be doing the exact same shit if I was them. But the U.S. has not, I think, strategically, when we're going to look back, we're going to say, wow, Twitter succeeded and finally by a thread kept the truth and the democracy and just the free press it was hanging by a thread and Twitter saved it and, and gave us a place to have this true discussion that wasn't owned by someone else. And so I think the bar is low for how good Twitter has to be, to be good for the U S and its people and people, and no, nobody's thinking about that. And, um, you know, that's why I'm rooting for Twitter to succeed because I'm like, fuck, it's gonna be so good for the world. And yeah. right. Yeah. God, I meant to cut you off. Keep going. Or oh, you're done. Okay. That's it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah. What what else? What else we should dive into about Twitter? I mean, do you think he's gonna uh, pull it off? And like, Twitter's gonna, you know, yeah. are, we, are we in a year from now? Are we gonna still be on Twitter as much? Like, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I think the way I view it is that Elon has a great track record of just again, just when people, okay, if he can, and I hate using this example over and over again, but I'm gonna use it anyway because it's just I think it applies here. If the dude can create a company that not just a couple of days ago was able to launch and recover three different launches in the span of 36 hours without him even sniffing anything remotely close to the daily operations of that company, essentially automating rocket reusability where like five years ago, it was the dumbest thing anybody has ever heard. I'm pretty sure he can build a social media company. I'm pretty sure he can hire the right talent to build a good social media company. You know, um, master delegator of work. <laughs> he, he, can, he knows how to build cultures that are existential experience experience this part of it firsthand and that's why i have so much confidence in it for me it's a, it's a surefire success like it already is and maybe i'm stupid because of that um but i i just feel like whatever mistakes and weaknesses he has shown in twitter um i think he has shown that he pivots he fixes and he will put the right people in place to ensure twitter goes and it becomes really really successful very very far into the future and uh, the quicker he can do that, the better. But I, I do mm -hmm. think that the the long term survival of the company it's, for me, it's like, yeah, he's going to figure it out. Like, of course, he's going to figure it out. And you know, you said the same thing. So uh, it's just a matter of who becomes like for me. The, the really the the equation becomes who becomes the new face of the company because we all know uh, him doing mm -hmm. the poll yesterday of should I you know should I step down his head is a really just a, a function of just get the attention off of me. I think his car getting attacked may have accelerated that a little bit. Honestly, like it's just, there's just some crazy stuff going on in the short term um, with, with that. And maybe mm. that was like a thing that says, okay, maybe I just really need to take this, like the public eye off of me a little bit and just get that face uh, in front of the public as quickly as humanly possible. But then behind the scenes, he's mm. going to be doing his shit. He's going to be hiring. He's going to be building. But then, you know, he just needs somebody to be the quote unquote public face so that at least that variable gets thrown out, the noise goes away, and they can focus on moving forward without maybe having fear for his own 
uh, well-being. I don't know. Maybe that's a small part of it, but I do think that accelerated. Yeah. So and not, not for me, it's just who is it going to be? You know, I think my heart says Lex. My heart says Lex because uh, I just uh, sometimes my heart speaks over my brain. And does Lex have CEO experience? Obviously, no. Is he uh, uh, an educator? Yes. Uh, has he really built any businesses? No. Uh, well, he built a podcast, actually, like you said. Yeah, like, I was going to say, on, which is a social media, internet, attention yeah. media thing, which is done insanely well. So, yeah. Um, um, so, so I do think Lex, I think Lex is an unorthodox pick, but um, it's just, I think, I think it kind of makes sense for me. I, I honestly think it does. But whoever it is, I think whoever it is, if there's a track record Elon, Elon has shown is that he is very capable of putting the right people in the right places and putting him in a situation where there's an existential culture where that person is going to feel inspired to go as fast as humanly possible towards the end goal. So it's just yeah. a matter of what is it going to look like? What is it going to look like in one to three years? And uh, But most people don't think that way. You know, Most people are just, they don't even have enough time to think about this. They're too caught up on their in their own life, you know, and it's, it kind of sucks, you know, that, that they, that they don't have the time to spend on a lot of these things to dig deep because everything at surface level, you would think, you know, Elon's a piece well, of shit and he doesn't know how to do anything. Right. So, but yeah, I almost feel like that's because they put too much time in it instead of just thinking about, cause like everyone at my Christmas party is like, golly, like, what do you think of Twitter or my Thanksgiving? Right. Like a bunch of family friends. And they're like, I was wearing this sweatshirt actually, which is a little provocative, but I'm doing it. And they're like, what do you think of Twitter? Like, Oh my God, Elon's right. And I was like, honestly, like, I know y'all don't think I'm crazy. Like I actually think he's going to do Twitter. And I think it's going to be like, great. And I'm like kind of getting ready for my Twitter to be bigger than ever. And like go all in and like make it a hella big strategic career move for me. Like that's what you asked me what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. And uh, and then it's like, then they think about it and I'm kind of like, yeah, you know what? Everyone always says Elon's going to fail, but the dude has been more successful than any entrepreneur alive. Like I kind of feel like an idiot if I bet against him. And I, when you frame it like that, all these people are like, you know what? You're right. Why did we think the smartest, the entrepreneur is literally crazy. And when I say like the smartest, best entrepreneur in the world, I'm literally like the most market cap created in his life from nothing. Like it's a scoreboard. This isn't like, and like, I hate how the Washington Post will be like, Gallo Russell, he's been heaping praise on Musk for years. It's like, you mean getting hella rich on his stock when I invested in it before anyone else? Like, they're like, I'm just some like wishy-washy idiot. It's like, no, like I've been investing in this. We've been doing hella well. He changed the whole industry. His stock's outperforming every other big CEO. Like it's like data and facts. I'm not like heaping praise on him because I think he's cool. I'm just like, like it should have, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. So I think yeah. there's, it, 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 like what I said, it's like the problem is they're reading too much. They, the problem is they're reading articles about how much of an idiot Elon is without stopping uh, for one second, second and just thinking of the simple thing of like the world's most successful, richest dude in the world is making another business move. And, I'm, yeah. and every single one he's had is at a home run and I'm going to bet against this one. It's like, <laughs> bro. And, and, yeah, but I don't think it takes that much time to like, because I mean, that's all you have to do is read seven headlines in the span of five minutes and you can very quickly form that opinion, right? Um, I think I think is the time required to sort of try and navigate that landscape to to really get to the point of like, hey, let me just try to be unbiased and read both sides and arrive to a conclusion. I think the time required to get there is like 10x the time required for you to form, uh, a, say, a baseline opinion of a person or, or a thing. And you, 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 you are also right that, you know, there's a percentage of that of that population that will take the headlines and then they'll lean into the one extreme side of it instead of taking in both angles. And then that drives them deeper and deeper into the hole. Like I'll give you an example. I, uh, my wife and I went to a Korean barbecue joint here in Austin, Seoul Jew, by the way, shout out to Seoul Jew, not a sponsor of this video, but who cares? Ooh. They're amazing. When you're in town, bro, let me know. I'll take you there. It's Ooh. so good. Okay, I'm high. Um, 
and I and I was talking to the owner. I was wearing my Tesla jacket, and he's like, uh, you know, we we've talked to the owner every time we go there. He's so, he's so like he talks to everybody. He's like, dude, uh, Tesla jacket, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I used to you know work, blah blah blah. He's like, dude, I gotta tell you, I fucking hate your boss, but I fucking love my two model Ys. I'm like, cool, <laughs> all right. That's a good signal. <laughs> I'll take that. But it's like, you know, and I didn't have a long form conversation, you know, as to why he hated him. But I wonder how much of that hate just comes from, you know, uh, maybe maybe there's a valid thing Elon did that made him really upset. Maybe there was some division, some, some something he mm -hmm. said that was divisive on Twitter or how much of it is from a mainstream media publication that he's listening to. Uh, that is just bashing Elon. You know, a lot of the left-leaning, very, very left-leaning publications are going to be very anti-Elon because he's, you know, billionaire, evil person who doesn't know what he's doing on Twitter and is trying to limit everyone's speech, right? So um, it's just a fascinating thing. But then what it really comes down to is like when you actually talk to some folks, I think there's a separation between Elon the individual and and the products that the companies that he's built uh, are starting to take on. Like they have a life of their own, and I think a lot of people in our community put those two things together because the, you know, the guy who created them is very responsible for that. But I think we're at a point in time now where I think Tesla, the product stands on its own and you have perceived crazy person running the company for folks that haven't been following the story. And, uh, you know, as deeply as we have, let's say, and they've maybe formed some, some, some biases, which again, they have every right to do, but it's just fascinating to watch how that's sort of diverging. Whereas before, I don't think that may have been the case. Um, yeah, it's it, and it, that's a dynamic I'm noticing uh, in this day and age as well, which is like it's it's really really interesting to to like sort of uh, uh, think through because like I, I encourage everybody in this comment section, if you ever go out randomly and talk to random people, say you go out to a bar or whatever, or you're like shopping and you bump into somebody and you're talking, so like, hey, what do you think of this Elon Musk thing? Like, well, have you been following this Twitter thing? And like 80% of the people are like, I, I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time. He sounds like a crazy person. Uh, you know, the Tesla cars. Oh, yeah, they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool, man. They're pretty cool. Like that's the kind of conversation that yeah. like, sort of uh, comes out of those. I don't know if you're experiencing the same thing, but. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it's just I mean, I'm in Seattle, so I'm, oh I'm honestly thinking about <laughs> moving from Seattle because it's so bad. Like, really? yeah, like, I don't know. It's just kind of like a whole like. And it's interesting. I'm very curious if Elon, if like we're in uncharted territory with such a big figure leading such a big company, like at what, like will it, like I think at some level it's affected the brand where people are like Tesla's a little bit, I would say Tesla's 37% douchier than it should be because it's associated with Elon Musk. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to sure. lie. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling like I thought it was just like, dude, I had a cool electric car. But now it's like Tesla, Elon, like it's douchey. It's like, okay, like that's kind of a buzzkill. And then like you ask Is it the bike you're getting age? in Seattle when you're like driving oh, around? Dude, Is that, Seattle, yeah. they're like, I would literally take any other electric car than a Tesla because like Elon Musk is running it, blah, blah, blah. And like, um, and like, I don't know, like I'm a single guy. Like I, I go on the dating apps, right? Like I'm going on first dates with girls. They ask me what I do. Like I kind of just had to like stop telling the truth, honestly, because it just can't wow. turn into such a like, just like, like, like they're like Elon Musk, like literally it feels like everyone in Seattle has been brainwashed with this like entrepreneurship is bad. Elon Musk is an evil, horrible person, yet I am super passionate about climate change. So like I got into Tesla because I was so passionate about climate change and there was no hope for electric cars. And then we did it. And now mm. electric cars are the future. And then yet the person who did that 
like is hated by the people who say they love electric cars. And I'm just face to face with this like massive like dichotomy every single day. And then you dive into like, like I've had a bunch of conversations. I'm like, well, like, okay. Like they're like, you know, what do you think? I'm like, honestly, like he's not that bad. Like I think he's fine. Like I think he's misunderstood. Like I think he's out here grinding, trying like, fuck, I support it. Like, (laughs) and I'm not going to like hate on somebody because the New York times tells me to like, I'm over that. You know, but Mm. then other people, it's like, well, why do you hate him? It's like, it's so hard to, they can't say why, you know, if you ask them why it's like, well, he, he's an asshole. He did that. You know, it's unions. It's, you know, he's not, he's an emerald mine. He didn't even start to, it's, it's just one fucking bullshit after the next. And it's like, you actually don't know why you hate someone. What is the status quo of Mm. a very successful person? I just hate them, even though I don't know them. That's like where we're getting as humans. And I think, frankly, it's a symptom of like the wealth gap and the divide of people being in their houses, depressed, having jobs they don't like, and then blaming the rich people. And that's what happens in history. And then you have revolution. I don't want to say we're going to revolution, but I'd say we're closer than not. And that's the sentiment I feel where it's and it's like, I don't know. It's personally something that really bothers me because I feel like it's like, fuck, like I worked so hard to start my company. Like I invest in Tesla. Nobody gave a fuck. Nobody like helped me. And I thought it was such a dope like movement to be a part of. And I was like so inspired and kind of felt like I would like meet all these people who were so happy and like about that movement being created and like green energy, like flourishing. And I feel like I've seen like no, like the people within Tesla are kind of happy about it. But the people outside of Tesla, like don't get what's happened and don't appreciate it and don't care. And like, that's kind of like broken my heart is it's like, okay, like at the end of the day, like I feel like we won, like I won because my Tesla investment went way up and the company succeeded. So it's like on against David Einhorn and like Bill Ackman, all these and Jim Chinos and all these people I thought were idiot billionaires. It's like, fuck you. Like I got the win, baby. Like I'm making guap. You're not like nobody cares about you. But then it's like, that's just such a dumb victory lap versus like humanity's saved. And nobody mm. gives a fuck about like, like nobody in Seattle's like hyped. Like, dude, like, I don't know. I, th- maybe this is just like my own on one thing of just like, bro, like, we should be fucking supporting Tesla. We should be like hyping up like people who buy Teslas because they're supporting this dope movement. Like, why is that? Why is our society so anti the solution? Um, yeah. It's killing me, honestly. like, Yeah. I, I, I've I've been battling with that for a little while myself, to be completely honest. I think I think a lot of people that have been following the company and the leader and Elon for as long as they have that this there is a a tone shift for sure, for sure, uh, towards uh, sort of his personal brand. Let's call it right. There's the Elon Musk personal brand. Um, whereas you know when you and I started following the company, green tech guy. Uh, super aspirational. What a great guy! Super hard worker, a billionaire, but nobody really cares about that at that point. Uh, you know, he's building this incredible company that's going to save the planet. He sounds amazing. Um, he he has uh, a lot of charm, and it's very easy to like. You know, he has a terrible public speaking skills, which makes it even more endearing that he's up there talking. You know, and really pushing through and 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 really trying his best. Um, and now, like it's the you know he's talked about attack vectors right it's just so easy it's so easy for for him to become a target now and then if if he makes actions that or he does things that doesn't help him in that say group of people that view him negatively it's just going to make him look way worse right it's going to make him look way worse and and that sucks that sucks as somebody that i 
you know, I yeah, do I look up to Elon? Of course, you know, he's he's aspirational for me. You know, I wouldn't be making this freaking YouTube channel if it wasn't aspirational in some way. Like, I, I really respect his work ethic. Is he perfect? No. But does he try to do good? I think so. Um, but I, I do think that there, there's also a, and what I'm starting to live with now, or like I'm starting to really understand uh, around the Tesla brand as an investor, is that I think the dynamic for Tesla is really just going to shift away from, um, unfortunately or fortunately, from beautiful mission, it's going to help humanity long term, to it's an incredible car that has the lowest cost per mile and it drives itself so it gives me a lot of time and yeah the leader is a douche but i can't not use the product which is very similar to say an amazon dynamic where i bet you i mean how many people in seattle love jeff bezos i my my gut tells me probably oh, yeah. the same number of people that love elon right but how many of those yeah. people <laughs> use next day delivery how many of those people you know, use Amazon on a daily basis? How many of those people never leave their house and they get literally everything online? How many of those people have Apple phones that's using, you know, labor that's very, that's non-unionized in China? Like, like, okay, like this is, to me, this is just, it seems to be a natural evolution of a company in this day and age. And is, is it unfortunate that a percentage of the population doesn't uh, maybe... I don't know. It's their choice. In the end, it's their choice. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna try to go out there and try to change people's minds. They're they're welcome to feel however they want. Um, but it's a dynamic change. And I think for Tesla investors, I think it's an important one to keep in mind because it could feel like a signal, but to me, I really believe it's noise. It's just the natural evolution of a company. Um, that's how I think about it. I don't know if, if that's sort of added anything to sort of how you're thinking about it, but it's it's weird. And it's fascinating it's and it's such a sign of our time, you know, very uncharted territories. I'm, I'm curious. Did you can we talk about the? Weren't you in the vice? There's some vice documentary that got shot that we were both in. Mm, yes, which I there know, was. It didn't yeah. come out yet, but they're working Not on it yet. or whatever. I'm thinking yeah. about it. Damn, you just blew like up my spot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but nobody, we're, we're deep in the live stream. Nobody's watching. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You can watch yeah. it right now, right? Yeah, 1700. But I know, but I think it's interesting because I, I did that and I'm like, Okay, yeah. like I want to give my time. Like I want to tell my good side of the of the story. Like they're gonna make this hella big documentary about Tesla and Elon. Like how, being and it's gonna be so dope. They want to like make it go big. I want to like get. I want to like get people to know the truth about how dope Tesla is. And so it's funny because I feel like I don't know what you, but I, like I did the whole thing it was a hella big commitment. Like I told some of my friends and like you know, I'm telling them like this is so exciting. Like I'm about to be. And then I'm like joking because a lot of them hate Tesla or whatever. And I'm like, yep, like. Uh, like there's this documentary i'm gonna look like the biggest fanboy ever saying how awesome Elon is. <laughs> like just like supporting tesla and literally the look on some of my friends faces is just like bro like no dude dude no like cancel it like you're this is gonna ruin you oh, forever like this is literally the downfall and they're like bro i gotta be girls are like i can't be associated with you now once that comes out like I just, you know what i mean <laughs> i'm just like oh my god like what world are we living in and it's just like i like literally i've started trolling people with it because i think it's so funny like that people yeah. are like oh my god you like tesla that's like something i gotta hide about my personality and then i'm like well guess what everyone's gonna know soon when this thing comes out but i don't know yeah. and it's just that going through that whole process like after i did it all and then i'm sitting on my couch for a little i'm like am i gonna look like the biggest idiot in the world <laughs> i think about tesla on camera like is that where we've come like am i did i just shoot myself in the foot is this my like you know like I, downfall moment yeah. i don't know so that's so I'm hoping, funny like pieces like that will change the conversation eventually 
and like it'll be a cycle like what you said like elon will be back twitter will be successful tesla will have made it like we'll kind of like get through to another like sunny days you know yeah. um so hopefully well, I, I i i'm i'm optimistic but now it's it's not you know yeah well i do think um the that that, that process for me was very very interesting and i'm really glad i did it um because it really helped me understand you know, because the guy, uh, Steve, I think is his name, right? Uh, the guy that's like running the, the the thing. I was talking to the guy, like we went out to lunch afterwards and I was talking and uh, he seems like a very honest guy that really just wants to tell a very, uh, just what the hell is going, like what happened? What happened sort of, you know, thing. And he's trying to pull people that are uh, very deep in the story. And it, it sounds like he's pulling people from the one side and then the other side. And I don't know if he's going to have a neutral thing, but the goal is like, just let's tell a story. Mm -hmm. And what I'm really like, like interested in in seeing is um you know for me i just i just was honest i was 100 percent honest i'm like this is how i view it yeah. i think it's net positive i think it's hard to argue that it's not net positive uh is there are there flaws in the individual of course who isn't like who doesn't have flaws do, do i think that there is uh it's well-intentioned yes do i feel like it was worth being at the company of course do I regret anything about it? No. Like, you know, it's just uh, just being very honest about the story. But the perception of it, to me, I don't really think about it. Because for me, it's like, I think it's important to just, like you said, tell the story. Just tell the story. You know, see your story. To tell how you experience this whole change in the world and this very unique thing that has come up. And... um yeah, I think the perception stuff is going to change. But here's the deal. The bigger the company and the individual get, the net number of people that are going to hate on people associated with that is going to go up 10x. But at the same time, the fan club is also going to 10x. But that 10x fan club ain't going to be as vocal as we are. They're going to be buying the cars. And they're going to be talking to each other, you know, like, oh, dude, this thing is so cool. Yeah, Elon's kind of crazy, man. But did you see what my Tesla can do? Like, I just think that indiv the individual is going to become less and less central to the story. And it really becomes just what is Tesla the car? What is going to offer me from a from a from my wallet? Right. I 80 percent of the people of the population, they they make a lot of decisions based on their wallet. Like, yeah. how much does it cost? Can I afford it? Is it going to bring me happiness? Yes. Okay, I'm going to buy the damn thing. And then they do cross shopping. And if the thing is better than the other thing, great. It's just this unique figure is attached, has been attached to the brand, which has been... Uh, <laughs> do you see that pole? <laughs> there you go. I you better move, bro. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Brooklyn is my first choice, but... <laughs> Ooh, Brooklyn. My wife actually lived in, in Queens for a, for a while. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, really cool city. Um, but yeah, I just, I think it's, I think a phase, the net number of people that will hate on Elon is going to go up, but the net number of people that are going to be part of say that the product is also going to 10X. But I do think those early days of like having this very, um, I don't know, like that everybody seemed on board with how great this was, that was following the story. Those days are long gone, unfortunately. And, uh, I don't think they're ever coming back. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're going to come back. Tesla's going to, in like, in like three quarters, they're going to announce some insane quarter. You know, they'll have another record quarter. The stock will be soaring again and it'll be a whole. Yeah. Everybody will friends. The, the, the loud voices will be heard much easier though. I'll tell you that much. Like the, like the, the people that are speaking loudly will be, will be that. But then, you know, as far as like the net number of people that are going to be against it, 
it's still going to be large, but it's it's still going to be five to ten percent of the total population. It's not going to be something crazy, I don't think. But um, I mean, I, I think do you have some time. Out. Yeah, yeah. Keep on. Go ahead. No, please, please go for it. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I'm curious, like what the hell, ta- just like, it's interesting to think what Tesla's thinking about all this. Like, you know, they watch the Twitter sphere, you know, Elon's tweeting stuff, you know, Martin's tweeting stuff. He's watching this right you know, now. They're bro. all like reading these ideas. <laughs> you know, I wonder if, what are they thinking? Are they like Ross? Are they like Ross Gerber wants to get on the board? Are they like, are they like, hmm, maybe, or they're like, this is a fucking joke. I can't believe we got to deal with this guy more. Like it's, I don't know which, it's probably a little of both depending on who you're talking to, but that's what's going on. And I just think that's clown it. Like to me, it's like, we're already in a movie. I just like wish like we could see both sides of the movie. Cause, but yeah. I think it's, um, I wonder what the hell, you know, and then it's Elon's on the conference call. Like we hear you guys on Twitter. We are, you know, think about the buyback <laughs> and it's like, okay, like, are you, you're in here with this? Like, this is hella yeah. funny. So um you know at the end of the day it's like i I think it's a beautiful like the back and forth is beautiful it's a great it's good to have the debates you know what i mean we're thoroughly debating uh, the the topic of a buyback it's gonna be well thought out (laughs) yeah for sure for sure like like part of me like says what is the greatest uh elon musk interview that i would love to do if he ever decides to come on the channel is like exactly what you just described just want to pick his brain like as a human being like bro like walk me through what the like what is going on what is going like what are you thinking about and of course he's not going to say he's not going to say anything because he probably can't because <laughs> you know it's probably against nda and all that stuff but um it's so interesting it's so interesting dude i would love to um, gossip with him i love gossip i'd be like dude so like yeah crime, me too what happened like yeah like yeah <laughs> I don't know, I i've always like so always been gossip. very proud like, yeah me too i'm like like my i always go to my wife i'm like like you know because sometimes there'll be some gossip and I'm like, oh my God, tell me about it. She's like, get your own gossip. I'm like, I can't. I don't talk to enough people. Like my friends uh, don't give me any drama. No, I, Nobody I talk to has gossip. I need gossip from somebody. Maybe that's why I'm on Twitter all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and you're like, yeah, nobody, want, none of your real friends want to hear about like the Twitter gossip that's going down. It's like, do you know. hear what like Omar tweeted like in the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so oh crazy. My God. So crazy. I think Omar um, do a good job running Twitter also. I'll say that. Also that. Okay. That's one Shout of my random votes because he's yeah. Anyway, I like Omar. But. Nice, nice. Um, should we do uh, a little bit of Q and A, Galley, before we wrap this up? Yeah, you cool with that. Let's do it. Yeah. Awesome, man. So in the comments, thank you all very much for joining us thus far. Uh, we peaked at 1750 something, by the way, viewers live, uh, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, drop your question, put question before your question, type question in all caps with a colon, drop it in the uh, in the comment section. And then producer wife in the background will bring those questions up as they as we go through them. We'll have some chill music in the background during it too to set up the vibe because we're chilling and vibing out here. Okay, uh, and then uh, somebody's like, "Can we start over?" No, rewind, bro. <laughs> but um, okay, uh, let's let's start bringing up some uh, questions here, and we'll start hitting them up. Let's do it. What do we got, producer wife? Hit us. Hey. Uh, from Ty's Rose, question for Galley. What happened to Hypercharts? You guys made the best one-page overview of Tesla's success. Uh, well, we shout out to Mo, who he was the coder and my business partner. Um, we sold it to Public, which is the investing app, and which was fire. But um, And now they own it, and they shut it down and rolled it into their app, which my mm. tweet was about, I wish they didn't shut down the website. Um but yeah, that's happened. It's a bummer. It's a website we built and we sold it and now I don't control it and it got shut down and people are bad and I'm bummed and we're all out here learning. 
I don't know. I yeah. wish I had do a bet. You, I'm trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you sound like? Do you regret it? You sound like you regret selling it, or no? Am I wrong in that? I mean, I wasn't the coder, so it's easy for me to be like, "This is what we should build." I have a whole vision, and you know, I'll try and do that. But, um, I mean, I'm not like I don't regret it. Like from a business move, it was like a hell of a big learning experience. Like selling my first company, like learning how to do that, working with a thing that had users and revenue. Like that's a fire. Like bootstrapping a company and selling it in two years. I'm like. Pfft, I love that. Like, that's learning. But also, mm -hmm. it's like, damn, like, did we change our mission of, like, turning an SEC filing and, like, the way financial data is into a chart that anyone can understand and, like, disrupting financial research forever? Did that happen? No. And that makes me super bummed. And I miss the site. But at the same time, the this is what actually makes me hella happy is the design of hypercharts that Mo and I worked so hard on, which is formatting all those SEC financials into these simple pictures of, like, revenue, then it grows profit, then this. And that format is like continue, like people are literally building clones of hypercharts because they're so bummed it got shut down and then people are using it again. Like the idea is still spreading. So that makes me happy, but I don't know. I actually, I think I came up with a way to even disrupt hypercharts that with an even better way to visualize financial data, which now I'm also scheming on. So we'll see what happens with that. Nice. Can't wait to see it. Let's do the next one. I love this uh, Christmas lo-fi shout out, producer wife. Uh, question, what are Gally's current thoughts on his latest FSD beta from Cindy Ray? Oh my God, I wanted to do a, um... also I think Cindy Ray's the pepper person, so shout out, but uh, I, I wanted to do the funniest video because I'm, I'm getting pho with my friends, Julian and his girlfriend, and he has a Tesla FSD beta and stuff, and I'm in the back and we get in and she's like really like, I don't know, like she's like got a stomach ache, she like wants to go home. And Julian's like, um, it's like do you mind if i do fsd beta to get us home and she's like no i actually want to get there and not get more car sick and it's just like that was end of discussion and i'm just like there i'm like this is the state of fsd beta every tesla bro is trying to like activate it and everyone in their family is like no it's slow and annoying but the tesla bros think it's good and um that's where i'm at with it and it's like i'll show it when somebody news in my car but like honestly i haven't been using it that much because um it's good it's 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 good but i haven't been using it that much so i There's don't know yeah yeah um breakneck trent uh 1111 thank you so much for your super chat farzad why did you leave tesla asking for my friend nicholas yeah for sure um so i left in september 2021 had been a tesla investor since 2012 i worked at the company for four years my wife and i had a small business we just were grinding for so hard and we were just so fortunate to have uh, financial um, independence around that time. And, um, uh, you know, I sat down, it was during the COVID years. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, so what, what am I truly passionate about? Do I feel like I've made the impact that I wanted to make at Tesla? You know, do I feel like I built the teams that I wanted to build? And I just, uh, I felt like it was the right time to step away from me so that my wife and I can have more time and I can just sort of start creating my own path. So uh, Tesla was an incredible learning lesson for me. It gave me just gave me so much. Oh my, I, I, I owe so much to that company, to be completely honest, both financially, learning lessons, just so much. And uh, yeah, this, this is the next chapter of my life. And what's really rewarding about this one is that I get to sit down with people like Gally and others and have really great conversations about the future and to just discover more about myself as a person and develop skills that I've never had before. And that's for me, that's, that's the most enjoyable thing in my life right now. So, and I feel so freaking lucky, so freaking lucky. Thank you for the question. Uh, this is the next one. Uh, Maeve, question, Gally. What happened to Archimodo? 
Oh, uh, uh, uh oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, Arkamoto, um, I mean, I was on the board for a year and a half. And yeah, I mean, the company's struggling. Um, what happened? I mean, my opinion, what happened is they just didn't, they didn't have Elon Musk is what happened. Um, and they couldn't build their, their cars profitably. And if you can't, if you say you're going to scale to hit production and you say you're going to hit certain profit margins, and then you just like whiff on those big, your company's going to fail. Um, and yeah, I mean, Arkhamoto is still going, but I'm not involved with them anymore. Although I'm holding all my stock. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a bummer, but I'm also like you know the free market's the free market i'm like fuck, i wish every company i invested in could succeed i wish every ev company could succeed but like most of them are going to fail it's super duper hard so um yeah yeah has that experience given you any appreciation for maybe how big of a lead or just how much tesla has done versus everybody else has that sort of planted a seed in your brain being seen at first hand how do you think about that yeah I mean, I always say like Elon Musk is Michael Jordan. Everyone else is like kindergartners playing basketball. And that's like what's happening. It's just business is the game. And it's just that like those experiences are why I say that. Because I'll just get to a company and I'm like, like, dude, the conversation, like when I'm in the board directors, I got thrust in at a crazy time. And like, I would try and shake shit up. There's not much you can do. Like, I really tried to shake shit up. And I would be like, my opinion of what we need to do fire every single person in the marketing department because we're spending like five million on them they've literally done nothing and like we need to fire them all immediately and like the only person who's gonna have the like balls to do that is elon and like he's like and he probably wouldn't even let it get to that place but it's just like that type of decision for every single thing like the machine our partners want to give us this machine this didn't even happen i'm just making this up like this partners didn't even get this machine it's late and now we don't have it. What the fuck do we do? It's not like, oh, we'll just like let it be late. It's like not like Elon's going to go to the factory, figure it out all night, fucking deal with it. Like people just do not give him like anywhere near enough credit for how hard he works and how good he is at what he does. And that's what I've learned in every single other company. And that's what I do is I'm an investor, VCs, stocks, whatever. I'm studying leadership constantly. Who's the best CEO in the world? Who's the best value creator in the world? Who's the And it's just every like it's just time and time again i learn how big of a gap there is between elon and everyone else and i'm it's not like i feel like that's not my opinion i just feel like people aren't seeing the scoreboard if you saw the scoreboard and kobe has five hundred thousand points and the next dude stephen curry with forty seven thousand, you'd be like holy fuck like this is the goat doesn't even do it justice so that's what kind of mm-hmm. i learned with arkimoto and that's not like lucid's gonna be screwed they're just getting funded by the saudis but like the business they're never making money that's a failed company that's just the zombie rivian still lose it they still sell a car for ninety thousand that cost them four hundred thousand so to me rivian's already bankrupt it's just the market gave them way too much money in boom times and we'll see if they can get figure their shit out before they piss away all their money they raised which is going to be really tough so i think to be honest arkimoto is a preview of what is happening to is going to happen to almost every single other company except tesla and it's just a bummer but it's like um and I also kind of like some interesting insight because this whole Tesla board of thing is like the only company I'd ever be on the board of directors. I don't really want to be on the board of directors of any company except for Tesla. And that's like a career thing. May or may not have even mentioned it to Elon. But and I don't know. So I kind of wanted to be on the board of Arkimoto as like learning. Like here's a tiny EV company. Here's like them running out of cash. Here's them like 
you know, having this crazy weird product that no one understands. Here's them building a factory from scratch. Like here's a direct sales model. Like there is, and here's like financing product marketing. It's just vehicle design. Like everything I'm fascinated by to learn about that and get a front row seat was crazy. And I feel like I learned so, so much. And my skill set was like, I want to be able to, if I want, when I'm 40 years old and I want to apply to be on the Tesla board of directors when I'm more serious in life, like, I think this experience is going to crush it for me. And like, whether Arkhamoto fails or not, I'm going to have had like how many other, you know, people were at the front row seat of a failed EV startup in the midst of production, like at the factory all the time, you know, like that's some rare ass experience that I'm going to take with me forever. So I love that personally, but I don't know, man. I realize yeah. I'm, I'm pickier than ever about the CEOs I invest in and not everyone's Elon. That's like what I had to learn the hard way. Yeah, no, I appreciate the candid nature of that. What, what that whole thing you just described, if I sort of use some lived experience, most people hate pain, like 90 to 95% of the population. Everybody hates pain, but 90 to 95% of the people are not willing to go through it. Uh, during disruptive and innovative times, you have to go through pain and 90 to 95% won't which means that 99 to 90 to 95% of the efforts that are created around that innovation will fail because people are not willing to go through the pain. Simple as that. And that's why that's why if you read Innovator's Dilemma, look at in uh, in history, that's why businesses fail. That's why most businesses fail because most businesses get disrupted and most people don't want to go through the pain. And that's just how it works. And once you have somebody that wants to go through the pain and he's surrounding himself with a bunch of people that are just as crazy as he is and they enjoy the pain, then that's that's you get Tesla and SpaceX and Twitter and all these other companies. So thank you for the candid nature there. I'm sure that was a tough thing to sort of <laughs> think about again. And but this is, uh, I think, very valuable for people that are looking to learn. So I really appreciate you being open like that. Yeah. Kelly. And I think um, it's good to you. like not everyone takes you're not going to get wins all the time in your portfolio and like being honest about your L's and talking about them and like learning from them with everybody, I think is super like that's one of my things I'm big on, you know? That's awesome, dude. Yeah, thank you so much for doing that. Um, let's do a couple more. So next question. Uh, question. Thoughts on Aptera? Either of you guys invested in it? I I haven't. It's that sort of solar looking thing with the with the with the weird like the three wheel thing, right? Uh, have you doing anything about it, Cali? Uh, I've heard about it. I will say, like back to the Arkhamoto, it's the same category. What I realize is like the vehicle startup is just the worst company to build. First principles of finance, like you got to build a huge factory. I got to buy all the equipment. I got to spend 10 million up front and then I get 20 grand a pop or 50 grand a pop from what comes out of the production line that cost me 40 grand. It takes me five. Like it is the shittiest business to start building a vehicle. Tesla's made it look so easy. That I, that I just keep coming back to that. And that's like with Arkhamoto and Rivian. I'm like Rivian, dude. Like we're we're still giving the halo effect to these companies as if they're Facebook and every incremental ad dollar is 100% to the bottom line. That's not the case. You still got to build the car. And if you don't have autonomy, then your margins are going to be horrible. And so I don't know. So I look at businesses like Aptera and I'm like, I've learned the hard way that I'm not touching that shit. <laughs> like that is mm -hmm. going to be a garbo economics business. Like, I don't know. That's my, I don't know. Not even knowing anything about them. I'm just like, I just, it's no, you know, and they have a bunch of promises and a bunch of hype. That's another thing that makes me be like, no, like it's red flags. This is two more. Uh, next one. Uh, Jay, question. Is there any way blockchain tech will be incorporated into Twitter somehow and add some kind of payment platform where you can donate to the people you support? This is an interesting question because we were 
talking about this sort of loosely this concept of you know wallets and exchanging you know money for services and products or whatever um i think i think this gets done with or without blockchain uh but the blockchain pieces just becomes a, a question of how much is crypto part of that equation i guess how, how do you think about that yep great question i think huge um elon with paypal with x.com he payments is big right and i think we think about twitter's business model um you know you are not the customer you are the product if we're selling ads all of a sudden if you pay for eight bucks you are uh the customer twitter's serving you if you twitter is your banker you're the customer and so i think them moving from the subscription to a premium banking platform way bigger opportunity monetization wise than advertising changes the whole incentives of the platform the 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 thing that i was the first time i ever used blockchain technology and thought it worked was when ukraine happened and i sent a hundred bucks on ethereum network to essentially this group of people that were on the ground in ukraine and it happened like this it was on a weekend 100 percent of my money went to the cause it happened in two seconds i got the confirmation and i was like holy fuck i actually use crypto and it helped me better than fiat i would have had to go to my bank it would have taken weeks who the fuck knows what ukraine bank it would have worked at and so i had this aha moment of like oh my god like the banking infrastructure of crypto is so important so powerful and i think twitter is about to just triple down on that and we have not seen the digital identity tied to a bank account like successfully yet and i think twitter's going to really pull that off kind of like the way paypal was starting to game changer i can send fars out 100 bucks i can i can get paid patreons disrupted so i think this is big i think jay is like this is like i think this is the big thing for twitter's the payments you know how much of blockchain they need to integrate for that is going to be very interesting um but yeah yeah, that's fascinating. I have a I have a lot of family in Iran and Bitcoin is huge in Iran because the Ooh, the, the okay. currency in Iran is a disaster, right? And so a lot of people use Bitcoin to transact value, you know, like some monetary value between each other. Huh. So it's like it's I think I think crypto in general has a giant amount of potential to stabilize especially governments and currencies that are just unstable. And uh that in itself brings a ton of value. Uh, yeah. What percentage of the population will will adopt that technology? I have no idea, but it's it has a use case and it's proven valuable. And uh, I think that's just continues into the future. So that's what I'm most excited about for sure hmm. with crypto. That's awesome. Um, let's do one more. Uh, the Crow question for Galley. Any thoughts on Palantir? I have some thoughts, but I'm curious to hear yours. Ooh, um, to be honest, I haven't followed this closely. Um, I'm I, I'm a very hyped on Andurail. And that's a company that I'm invested in with my VC fund, which I think is very similar to Palantir, but a little earlier and a little different. But I don't know. This is kind of not really my expertise, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I'll give my thoughts and then maybe we'll do one, one more quick one. Uh, I think Palantir doesn't offer anything where 80% of other software companies can offer. And Palantir seems very slow in getting product development out. It's too expensive. Mm. It's too complex. Is the end product incredible? Yes. But what percentage of the population or the business population is really going to benefit from investing that much money in, in that kind of software suite? I think it's very not very many companies. Mm. And so all you need is a snowflake or somebody else to step in, do 80% of what Palantir does. And then all of a sudden they have majority market share and Palantir becomes useless because over time you can just develop that new platform into what Palantir wants to be over the long term. So in my opinion, in my opinion, I don't think Palantir is all that, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah, let's do one more. John, thank you very much. Two dollars super chat. Love your channel and what you're standing for. Perfect. Let's just leave it there. Beautiful. Thank Ooh. you so much. We'll do one more. Never mind. Gino. <laughs> thank you. Uh, what do you believe is needed for Tesla to realize its true value? 
not the highly discounted Tesla share price. What do you believe is needed for Tesla to realize its true value? Um, what are your thoughts there, Gally? Um, well, maybe a good place to end it is just kind of the seesaw of in your head of like, what is, do I think the real value of Tesla is, you know, right now it's trading for 450 billion. I think it's worth 600 billion now and going to this and that pendulum of like how, what earnings you're pricing in, what future product success you're pricing in when you swing the bat, that's just kind of everything. And so it's like, okay, like the more the stock price goes down, the more those expectations shrink, the less earnings we're expecting so the more attractive that swing of the bat and that's where everybody has to decide where they want to swing the bat and when the math in their head gets compelling enough to where there's such a discount to the true value and i'm so confident in my calculation of true value that i'm going to deploy capital and that's the only thing you got to think about there's no noise there's no anything it's one number what do you think the fair value of tesla is what price are you willing to pay and this, your confidence and research in that is everything you know perfect Beautiful. Let's just end it there. Gally, thank you so much, man. I had a blast. My God. What an awesome conversation. Super wide ranging. Uh, just a lot of great stuff. Hopefully it was valuable for the uh, for the audience. Uh, thank you, everybody in the comments that has left comments, asked questions. Thank you for producer wife in the background producing this whole thing and playing some dope ass Christmas lo-fi. Thank you very much. Uh, any any parting words? No, thank you so much. Good luck with the channel. Sorry if I rambled too much. And um, oh. yeah, stay positive. I hope everyone has an awesome Monday. Thank you, man. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you, Gally. We'll see you around. Peace out, everybody.